God speaks his word to us this morning from the Psalms, from Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, so this morning, um, we're going to play just a quick game of true-false. I have a couple of questions for you. Okay, true or false, the human body has two body parts that never stop growing. Who thinks it's true? Raise your hand if you think that's true. Raise your hand if you think that's false. One, two brave souls. Okay. Uh, okay. The answer is tricky. Uh, I don't know if there's any medical people in here, but it's a tricky question because I've heard my whole life, right, that our ears and our noses never stop growing, right? Especially guys, right? The older you get, the bigger your nose gets. You've heard this, right? This is not, okay, just checking. It's not technically true. So the answer should be false. The answer is false. But, but they change over time. That's really the answer. Because our skin and our cartilage lose their elasticity and firmness over time. Things like our noses, things like our ears, they start to flatten out. They start to sag. Uh, I don't know why it happens more with guys. It just does. Uh, our cheeks and our lips start to lose their fullness, um, and that's why Botox is a thing, right? Um, and so our faces actually change proportionally because our skin changes and our cartilage starts to, to lose some of its firmness. So uh, when all of that happens, it does make our noses and our ears look bigger, uh, one of the, you know, added benefits of aging. So, okay, so next one, true or false? There have been people whose bodies never stopped growing. Raise your hand if you think that's true. Okay, false? Okay, uh, there are people, the answer is true, uh, there are people, and, and I'm going to introduce you this morning to, to probably the most famous person who never stopped growing. And interestingly, I found this out, uh, he's not from... 
he's not from very far from here. He's, he's uh, from a, a nearby town. Well, sort of nearby. His name was Robert Wadlow. Does anybody know who this is, by the way? A couple? Okay. So Robert Wadlow, his nickname was the Illinois Giant. So, you know, there you go. You got Illinois something famous here this morning. He was born in 1918. He was born in Alton, Illinois, which is, I think, pretty close to St. Louis. It's kind of on the... It's not south. You guys told me that St. Louis is not southern Illinois, so I'm learning not to call it that. It's on the western side, right in the middle. Uh, Anyway, he was born like eight pounds. He was a normal-sized baby, uh, but it was pretty, pretty clear soon after that that things were not normal. Uh, at five years old, he was five foot four. So I'm going to show you some pictures of, so that's Robert. Uh, I think he's like eight years old in this picture right here. Uh, and that's his brother. Um, so Robert, uh, yeah, so at five years old, he's about five foot four. When he was nine years old, he could pick up both of his parents and carry them around. At 10 years old, he's six foot six. Um, and then he just kept growing. He never stopped growing. By the time he was 17, there's a picture of him there in high school. That's his graduation picture. He was uh, over eight feet tall, and he still wasn't done growing. He just kept going. Uh, As you can imagine, he started to have all kinds of problems with his joints, right? Our knees and our ankles and hips weren't created to... This is his family. That's his mom and dad and his siblings. his, his dad was, I think, like 5'9 or something like that. But um, this is him. He's over 8 feet tall. Uh, by the time he's 22 years old, he is 8 foot 11. Um, which, 8 feet 11, he weighed almost 500 pounds. You can see he kind of looked skinny. <laughs> uh, but because of his, his height, he just was humongous. Um, yeah, so he dies in 1940 at the age of 22. Um, he got a, he had, I think is it neuropathy where he couldn't tell that he had pain and he had an, a sore on his ankle that he didn't know about and he got infected. He actually died of an, of an infection, um, but blood circulation and all that became a problem for him. So, but he died in 1940, uh, was and is still to this day the tallest human ever recorded, 8 feet 11 uh, you can go see him in, in Alton, Illinois. They've made a, there's a replica, I guess, in a museum there, and you can go stand next to him. And that picture, there's a picture of Shaquille O'Neal, who's, you know, when people think about one of the biggest people on the planet, he comes to mind, right? So there he is. He's like about 7'1", seven, 7'2", seven, and, and that's, that's Robert, uh, nine feet tall. Nine feet tall, tall Robert. So... Um, so Robert holds the world record for a couple of different things. He has the largest feet in history. He wore a size 39 shoe, um, if you can imagine. It took, it took a special company a long time. He had to order them. But every time he would order them, by the time they'd get there, they, his, feet, his feet continued to grow, and he'd already outgrown these special shoes that he'd, he had made. And so uh, the largest feet of all time. He wore a size 25 ring, which is the lar- uh, Guinness World Record size 25 ring. I think they said like a silver dollar could fit through the ring or something like that. Huge. Uh, He had the largest hands of all time, uh, as you could probably imagine if he had the largest feet. Uh, He drove. He got in the back seat of a car. They took out the front seat, and and he was able to drive um, that way. But um, 
I'm sure you can guess by now that something was wrong with Robert. The human body isn't supposed to keep growing. We, we now know that, that Robert had a tumor on his pituitary gland. And so uh, what, what that did, in fact, was it made his body continue producing HGH, human growth hormone. He, he never stopped doing that. His body didn't ever get a signal like it was supposed to, hey, to turn that, that off. And so um, and his body essentially just broke down on itself because it just wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, his body didn't work right because of that tumor. So this morning, we're going to talk about growth. Um, and while the, the human body is supposed to stop growing, um, uh, even though our, you know, our noses and our ears kind of start to sag and change, um, I'm going to suggest to you this morning that we should never stop maturing. We should never stop growing uh, in, in other ways. In, in what ways should we be growing uh, and, and how can we grow like Jesus did? Those are the questions for this morning. And so let's pray together as we as look at those. Father, would you give us insight this morning as we look at your word, as we see what it means, uh, as the psalmist says, to have favor and honor with you, knowing that you withhold nothing good from those who follow you. Help us to know more about that. Help us to see Christ this morning. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Our, our passage for this morning is in Luke chapter 2, and that sounds familiar because we've been in Luke 2 like most of December through our, our Advent series, but I thought how fitting it will it be to kind of close out Luke chapter 2 um, and, and see a little bit more of, of the life of, of Christ. So turn to verse 49 of Luke chapter 2. We're going to work into our, our verse of 52. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his, mu- and his mother treasured up all these things in her, her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So, we know in there, there's a lot in Luke chapter 2. Uh, we saw that through, through Advent. Uh, and we'll see now just a summary statement about the life of Christ. We saw prophecies about him in Luke 2. And we, we met angels who uh, were preparing his parents for all that was about to happen for this amazing birth. And we saw the, the, the story of his birth and the shepherds and the angels and uh, we'll, we'll also, you know, we heard about the wise men. A- after that, we, we, we read about him being dedicated at the temple and being circumcised. And, and, and so now we're fast-forwarding a few years. The story um, that is just before the passage we read is where the story you're familiar probably with of, of when Jesus was about 12 years old and they go to the temple and and, and they, we see him learning, we see him actually teaching, and people are amazed at what he knows and, and, and his authority, and, and they thought, wow, this is, this is really an impressive guy, right? And then his, his parents leave thinking he's with the whole group, right? This, this would be parenting no-nos today, but they just pick up and go back home, not really sure if Jesus is with them or not, just assuming he's there. 
and they can't find him later, so they go back and see him. He's still in the temple, and he says, well, of course, I've been about my father's business. This is where I was supposed to be. It's, and um, verse 40 of Luke 2, um, it, it says that he, he grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Very, very similar to what we just read in 2.52. But in fact, it's, it's about his first 12 years of life. So, so Jesus as a boy, it says that he grew, um, he became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. So again, birth to age 12, and now as we look at verse 52, we're talking about the time from when he's 12 to fast forward most people think he's 30, 33, 35, depending on uh, when you want to say he started his public ministry. That time, you know, 18 plus years uh, is what's happening here. Verse 52 gives us kind of a little glimpse in my mind of, of the, 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 the mystery and the majesty of the incarnation. This, this really difficult concept to think through. What does it mean that Jesus was a human, and how was he a human? Was he a human like everybody else? Or, but we get a little glimpse into that, I think. Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, he comes to earth. Amazing. We've sung songs about that over the last several weeks. Here he came to earth. He takes on flesh. He experiences life as a human. And it, it's amazing that Jesus, he didn't, he didn't just, you know, beam down if you're a Star Trek fan. He didn't just show up on earth as, as a fully formed adult. No, he, he came as a newborn baby. He was born of the Virgin Mary. He was born. He experienced that. A, a amazing thing that God did, right? Jesus came as a baby. And so we know that, that Jesus limited himself, and, and, and so he experienced the cycle of life as a human. And he went through all of those stages in, in an appropriate way. And, and, and this is a weird thing to even, you know, as I was working on this sermon, how do you even talk about Jesus, you know, going through life stages as a human? It's very strange. But, you know, he, he had to learn how to walk and he had to learn how to talk um, just like everyone else. And, and they didn't have bikes or cars back then, but he had to learn the equivalence of that, right? He had to learn how to ride a bike. He had to learn how to drive in whatever experiences those were for, for his time and, and he went through those stages. He had to learn how to do those things. And so while he was perfect, he did have to grow. And that's kind of, it's, it's blown my mind a little bit thinking about this sermon, right? He was perfect, but he had to grow. He grew without sin. You and I tend to think about growth as something of, of an improvement, right? An, an improvement, but... Um, but Jesus wasn't ever bad. He wasn't ever sinful. Uh, so his growth was perfect. His growth was appropriate. So it's totally appropriate, as weird as I'm about to say this, that Jesus was in diapers. Jesus was in diapers at some point, right? And that is an appropriate thing. At some point, they potty trained Jesus. Because he experienced life as a human. Physically, Jesus grew. He got bigger. He got more mature. 
And, and it, it is, it's interesting. You can read all kinds of scholars who are in different places as they, th- you know, think through kind of some of this. But, but some take the idea, well, he wasn't born of a sinful body like everybody else, so that must mean his body was better than ours, right? So, so maybe, you know, for example, they'll write about maybe Jesus didn't have smelly feet because maybe smelly feet are only a product of being a sinful human body. And so like in heaven, do we have smelly feet? Well, maybe we won't because there won't be sin there. I, again, how do you think about this? I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Um, but if he didn't have sin, maybe he didn't experience some of that part of it. I, this is just my opinion, okay? This is just my opinion. But, but I think Jesus went through the full human experience. Hebrews tells us that he can sympathize with us. Um, because he experienced like all the, the pain, all the difficulties of being a human. And so I think that means Jesus got acne. And Jesus had a, you know, a, a adolescent voice that was screechy at times, right? His voice cracked. Like people of his age would have experienced, right? So, uh, you know, I, I think he had adolescence. I think that was a hard thing for him. We know that Jesus got tired. We, we know that uh, he got hungry. We know he got thirsty. Like, those are human experiences. And, and he wasn't sinful. He wasn't broken. But he still experienced those things. So that makes me think he still had all this other, right? Um, I, Jesus would have been an awkward teen. I just think that's a part of the human experience. And so we see all of that here in, in Luke 2, in, in verse 52. And it's interesting, the NIV and, and other translations say that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor. The, the ESV kind of takes a different uh, stance on that. It says that he, Jesus increased. It says didn't, he didn't grow, but that he increased in his wisdom and, and, and stature and, and all of that. And so maybe that's the better way to think of it, right? Not as an improvement, but that in, in, in increasing. He grew more and more and more and more and more. And so let's kind of just look at these areas that where it says that the Scripture tells us that, that he increased. It says he increased in wisdom. Jesus was learning. He was always learning. Uh, we, we know that uh, he followed his earthly father into the skill of, of being a carpenter, right? We talked about maybe that means craftsman is a better way to understand that word. Jesus took on that trade. He didn't know how to do it when he was five. He had to acquire that skill. He had to follow his earthly father. He had to learn. He grew in wisdom. He was getting better. He was acquiring new skills. I think it's fair to say he was a good craftsman. Jesus probably wasn't a bad craftsman. He grew in that, and he would have been excellent at that. And we saw in, in, in this story just before this, that he's asking questions in the temple. It seems as though he's acquiring knowledge. He's, he's learning. And he always wanted to know more and more about God's Word. He was growing in wisdom. And it says that he grew in stature. Primarily this means his physical body. He grew. He developed. Well, always curious to think about what Jesus would have looked like. His, his growth and his maturity were always right. They were appropriate. And we should assume because he was not sinful, that he was healthy. 
Meaning he, he never sinned in the area of overeating or overindulgence. He never uh, was, was guilty of sin of being slothful or, you know, all the things we could think of, of of misusing our body. Jesus never did any of those. So we would, as a craftsman, he probably was a strong man. He probably was a healthy man. But he was growing in stature. He developed as he should. It says that he increased in favor with God. This is his personal relationship with God, his father. He was perfect. He got stronger and stronger in the ways that he followed his father. He prayed, he worshiped, he served, he studied the words of his father. That relationship was perfect, but it was always increasing. And it says that he increased in his uh, favor with man. It's, it's a totally, totally reasonable thing to think that Jesus would have been a popular human. In so many ways, right? it only makes sense that he would have been a popular person. He was honest and kind. He loved others. He always was helping, and he was appropriate looking for the benefit of others, making sure others were taken care of above himself. He was patient. He was merciful. We want to be around people who are like this. And people would have wanted to be around him, and he would have had a good reputation in town. He wasn't a liar. He wasn't a cheat. He wasn't lazy. He would have been a person that people respected. And so as a friend, as a, as a family member, as a worker, as a neighbor, his favor, his reputation would have increased more and more and more. So I, I think this verse, as well as the life of Jesus, is meant to be an inspiration for us. He modeled life for us. Jesus was perfect. He always did the right thing. And so Jesus would have shown maturity in every area. There isn't anything in his life that he neglected where he should have taken care of something. He never did that. And it's easy for me to think about, oh, Jesus only cared about blank, right? Uh, his public ministry. Or, or, but it's not true. He, I don't know how else to say this, but he devoted the appropriate time to all phases of his life. He was what he was supposed to be, when he was supposed to be it. And he took care of the thing he was supposed to take care of. Jesus had peace in his life. This, this concept, Hebrew concept of, of shalom, which implies that there's peace and fulfillment in a well-rounded way. And not just in one thing, but in a well-rounded way. And we see that here. And, and, and you and I should strive for that as well. The, the beginning of a, of a new year is a time we, we've talked a little bit about resolutions and improvement. And, and you and I are sinners, and, and we are imperfect in our lives. And so there is a, a need for us to grow and improve differently, differently than Jesus, where he increased. We're supposed to be improving. And I, I think that, that improvement starts with hearing the instructions of our Father. And so that's why we began looking at Scripture last week, which if you weren't here um, We've kind of started a, a reading plan around here that, that, that I'd love for you to join us on. There, there, there's papers of it on that back table in the narthex. They're blue and yellow, I think, still. It's just a chapter, basically a chapter a day, and it doesn't take that long, but it's a way for us to engage with Scripture, to be about the words of our Father. We need to be reading the Word. And I don't think any real improvement comes without it. There's, there's all kind of worldly improvement. I just don't think it's lasting or, 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 or redemptive or, or of value if it's not of God. That's just my opinion. 
but always about increasing, always about improving. You and I are never done growing. And I, I, I don't care how old that you are. You haven't made it yet. You haven't achieved that yet. You aren't perfect. Scripture tells us we won't be until Christ comes, until we're with him in glory. So in all of our areas, we're supposed to be doing what this says, which is growing, increasing, just like Jesus did. And so I think it's important, I think it's appropriate that we spend time examining our lives, reflecting on our lives, and um, I I find it helpful to use the areas that we see in in Scripture here. How is your physical life doing? And we we did some of this in in Sunday school, um, but I think it's important to spend time reflecting. How how is your physical life doing? And for me, I put my kind of health and fitness in that category, as well as a financial well-being. And you can give yourself a grade there and think through it. What, where are some of the areas that I'm succeeding? Where are some of the areas that I'm not in that? Well, where, would I need, where should I see some growth in my, in my health, in my fitness, in my financial well-being? Are there things that you need to improve on? And I can say the answer is yes, even if I don't know everything about you. I can say the answer is yes there. So, so spend some time reflecting. What would Christ-like maturity look like in those areas? What, what might growth or increasing be in that situation? And then, and then emotional life. What does my emotional life look like? I, I can put intellectual growth there. So am I learning new things? Am I reading? Am I acquiring valuable information? Or am I just looking at junk all day long? And you and I are too guilty of looking at junk. Um, we talked about the average person spends two and a half hours a day on social media. That's junk. You can call it entertainment, but it's junk. Um, it's not acquiring good, useful information. What am I learning? Am I, am I growing in my intellectual well-being? You could talk about mental health. Am, how am I dealing with the stresses in my life and the pain in my life and the, the anxieties in my life and, and all the things that we deal with? How are those going? Or could you give, give yourself a grade there? Where do I need to see some growth? And then you can go to your vocational life. Even if you're retired, don't check this one off just quite yet, right? Your vocational life. Are you growing in your career? Or, or you could just call your calling. The, the calling that God has put on my life in this moment. Am I growing in that? If you've got free time as a retired person, are you using that for God's purposes? Are you using that for kingdom ends? Could you be volunteering? Could you, is there something you could be doing? Or maybe in your skills or creativity. God has made us creative. Are, you, are there some skills you could be developing for, for worship, to worship God more? I don't know, people who can draw and do all kinds of, make all kinds of things for God's glory that are amazing. You could be growing in those areas. And then like Jesus, about your relational life. How are you growing in your family? How's that going? Could you grade your family life? as a husband or a wife or a child or a parent or a grandparent, right? You name it. How, how would God have you improve in this area? And then, and then broaden that out to maybe more socially. Are you being a good friend? Are you making friends? Are you helping others? Are you showing Jesus to the world around you? Right? You could grade all of this. You can think through, what would Christ have me be more like in, in these areas? And, and then finally, we, we can go to our spiritual lives. And you, you would you probably say, as I would, that this area touches everything. 
right? They're all interconnected, but, but this one touches everything. It's hard to have a, a, a God-honoring physical life if your spiritual life is out of sorts. It's hard to be doing well vocationally in terms of God's calling if you're not in a good relationship with Him. So I would ask you, how is your relationship with Christ? Are you close? Or is He more like a, a, a distant acquaintance right now? People who know me when I get together with lunch and coffee, Beth will laugh. That's always kind of my first question. How are you and Jesus doing? Right? I don't want to ask about your boyfriend just quite yet. How are you and Jesus doing? Let's, let's hear about that first. Do you, do you need to spend some time? Do you have a good conversations with him? Do you need to work on that relationship a little bit? How's your prayer time? Where, where would God have you grow there? And taking spiritual further, right? How's your community spiritual life? Because we're not meant to live this on our own. We're supposed to have a community where we, where we share, where we live out our faith together. So if you're distant from church, what would Jesus have you do with that? What would Jesus have you do? So physical, emotional, vocational, relational, spiritual. Those are five that, I, that are helpful for me. We see them in Scripture, right? Five areas where, um, where we see Jesus, where he's developing, he's, he's working, he's increasing, he's growing. If you're like me, that list is overwhelming, right? You can, I could come up with a hundred things that I need to improve on just in, those, just in what we've mentioned. How do, you, how do you be good at all of that? That's, that's too much. How do you grow at anything when you're struggling in so many areas? I, I, I would just encourage you to start small. You're not going to fix them all in a day. God's not going to have that growth plan be overnight. It's, it's, it's going to be a process. Pick something to focus on and start there. Work on that one. And, and I would say again, my, my opinion is that every area is a spiritual area. So if you're struggling with, oh, I'm eating too much or I'm drinking too much, there's a spiritual issue behind that somewhere. If I'm wasting too much time, I need to get better at my job. There's a spiritual I- issue there somewhere. So start there. Start with reading his word. Start with reading his word. Come up with a plan. There's a plan in the back. Again, there's a plan that, that, that you can use. Start to improve that. Start to improve your prayer time. Start to pr- improve your wor- time in worship with Him. And then let Him lead you into the, the other areas that, that need to, to be worked on. Jesus, help me to be a better husband. Jesus, what would you have me do to improve my relationships and have some better friends? I'm a, I feel alone. Jesus, how would you help me in that? What would you have me do? So a life lived like Jesus, a life lived for Jesus is one that's dedicated to increasing, improvement, change, growth. We're we're committed to never stop growing. If you're 90 years old, God still wants you to be growing. If you have all these figured out, let me suggest to you that you can help the rest of us. You need to be spending more time in your community telling us how you did it because we all need to be there. We need your wisdom and support. Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And he's called us to to commit to making that statement true of our own lives in 2023. Let's pray together. Father, we know that no good thing comes of our own. 
reminded as you tell us in John 15 that growth means to abide, to abide with you. We are the branches. The growth comes from your vine through us as we cling to you, as we abide in you. So help us. God, encourage us. We can't do this on our own. We can do no good thing. Only you can. But God, would you help us? Would you give us the courage to examine our own lives? Would you give us the inspiration of Jesus who was always increasing, always growing? Father, help us to change. Not for selfish reasons, but for your glory. So that we would know you more and more. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.